The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the Unpack Podcast. From AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. Follow us at the Unpack Pod on Twitter until Elon kicks us off. Um, at the Unpack Pod on Instagram for no reason until Mark Zuckerberg kicks us off. We're just <laughs> at the we're at the mercy of the powers that be. I'm Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, joined by the usual crew. Alex and Nick out in Brooklyn in a room that maybe smells smells like a shawarma or no? No, I kept it out. I kept it out. (laughs) I I had it to stay. Uh, Yeah, you you got it. You got it to stay to stay at a truck or a restaurant (laughs) Um, at a at a fine uh, establishment that's got a couple small tables inside of it nearby. I was killing time, so I had to get it to stay. Oasis. I did. Yes. Yeah. If they would like to sponsor us, <laughs> feel free. Oasis is. I know the top spot. Notch. I know the spot. I'm just. But I was Ew. picturing you like at a at a food truck, and they mm. like hand you it in the foil, and you're like, "Oh, I'll take it for here." No, I'm. <laughs> oh gonna, yeah. I'm no, gonna saddle up to the truck and just eat it directly <laughs> in front of you. Uh yeah no I uh, had it there um just felt like I was out of options nowhere near enough that I could sit and eat it and I don't have the self control to wait. Till I got here, yep. so yeah, I'm pretty full, but energized, yeah, and ready, ready to um, go to to talk about this fine team, this fine team. I'm uh, jealous of your shawarma, just like uh, on Sunday I was jealous of Bills fans for getting to uh, getting to root for such a uh, a top notch team. The Packers lose twenty seven to seventeen, um, and. <laughs> weirdly i felt good about that i don't know like nick you and i were talking about this uh earlier in the week kind of weirdly like i don't know there's a people are going back and forth uh, in twitter in various spaces about like moral victories and whether or not that's a thing i don't know if it's a moral victory i just felt like there was some things to like yeah i it was a it was a tale of two halves i think for me um just because in the second half of almost every game this season, there's been no fight in the Packers offense. Yeah. And there was 
on Sunday night. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This is part of my note nugs. I won't go too much into it, but um, they, it was just, it was revitalizing to see Aaron Rodgers have time either in the pocket or outside of the pocket, be able to do some of the stuff that um, we're used to seeing him do. Yeah. And young wide receivers coming up, coming up big despite having extreme limitations back there. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's more heartwarming on Monday than it has been despite <laughs> still losing by double digits. Yeah. I will say uh, Matt LaFleur coming out of halftime, they did a little like, interview coming out of the tunnel he's like we just need to play like it's zero zero and i was like but you're losing by 17 so i don't know <laughs> don't play like that. <laughs> you should probably play like you're losing by uh 17 but no let's keep it positive we're gonna try to try to keep it positive and um so i'll go first with my note nug tweet at us after every game at the unpack pod on twitter with your bite-sized takeaways and um you kind of uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, Nick. I'm gonna tip my hat to Samari Toure, who um, got his first career touchdown, and wouldn't you know it, it came on a scramble drill where he found the open field, and and everyone was was tweeting and reacting like, "Oh, that was vintage Rogers, vintage Packers, so good to see." And all that really happened was a successful scramble drill, and we've seen so little of that this year. And um, I think we'd see a bit more if Cobb was still in the lineup, but you know these other guys so far have um, not been on the same page with Rodgers when it comes to finding the right open space when the play breaks down. And if Toure can offer even just that, keep him in the lineup. What do you have to lose? I don't know. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool to, because you saw it happen like in live time. You He was supposed to run that post route and um, just felt out the field. And we've been calling for that for the last couple of weeks. Like these wide receivers just don't have that feeling yet um and that's where you see rogers boil over with frustration but it was it was yeah it was cool to see some vintage rogers and a wide receiver who looked like he belongs out there yeah. made a couple yeah made a couple good plays in the game it was uh it was funny after the game in the in the press conference um rogers was like yeah I'm, I'm happy for the kid and i was thinking about it. i was like he is a kid to, to aaron rod like aaron rogers could be Tori's father <laughs> could be some Tori's father. It's mathematically possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was good. Yeah. Happy for the kid. All right. Note nugs. Alex, we're looking at you. Yeah. Um, all hopped up on shawarma. Right. What do you got? Yeah, this guy, yeah, this guy's <laughs> energized. Apparently, he's yeah, he's got shawarma belly. Yeah, it's starting to set in. <laughs> um, the lethargy is creeping. Say. Great play by Tore. That was cool. Um all right, so my note nug is that I didn't really go into this game with expectations, which is great, but I came out of it thinking that the Bills are extremely unlikable. I don't know if anyone else felt this way. I thought maybe they'd be like, oh, that poor franchise that had to endure so many Super Bowl losses and sucked for so long, and they're up in Siberia, and their fans are crazy. Maybe they're kind of like lovable former losers. They fucking suck, man. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Diggs just running his mouth all game. He made one play on Russell Douglas playing out of position because the Packers had to bench Eric Stokes and Jair kind of like lost him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like Stefan Diggs gets the point to the box score and to the actual scoreboard, which kind of sucks. But all in all, like he lost that battle Yeah, and he was chirping all game. Um, and plus, like there's residuals with him with the Vikings. So I don't like him, but 
the thing that the most memorable thing for me from this game was when Zach texted us saying like AJ Dillon's done for the year. And I'm sorry. Like I saw like a crazy like Twitter takedown of Matt Milano uh, uh, on that play. And I agree with that crazy takedown by whoever it was. Like I did not investigate. So it could be a psycho on Twitter, but that's what Twitter is. How funny, Elon. <laughs> um, that's a bullshit ass tackle. Yeah. And he had the gall to stand up and celebrate like he made a play. Like yeah. you, you, you got stiff armed into the ground and you literally held on to the guy's neck and yeah. like the front of his shoulder pads hoping to drag him down. And I that was is convinced a way more was a dangerous injury. Uh, it was, it was, it, it's a very dangerous play. Like that actually should be a horse collar. Like that should be a penalty. It looked ugly. And getting up and having like this bravado and really like you basically got kind of just tossed to the ground and held on for dear life. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out when you're like a 200 and something pound person, if you literally have all of your body weight on someone, even with their beautiful oiled up thighs like they can go to the ground like oh god that was so annoying like they're so a, we annoying. need a greg olsen sounder just go lose to the fucking bangles again just get out of my face <laughs> with your celebrations like it it's stupid i don't know i found them to be really intolerable like and I, and that's in a game i didn't expect to win didn't even care about like i don't know um, I was I was really bothered by that. So I, I will say I'll be rooting against the Bills for, for a while now. Um, they feel kind of just like icky to me. I think uh, that's going to place you in the minority. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know if I, I think feel probably. the same way, honestly. I, oh, okay. So, well, I'll say <laughs> this. I The Milano thing, yeah, that was that was BS. I don't like I don't like him for that. Diggs is like just, I'm just, just whatever some, on Diggs, loudmouth wide receiver. I know like, they're all loudmouths. I don't know. There's just something about Diggs that I lo- I've always I've always liked him. We were kind of dig stands in the early Vikings days. I know Ben Foldy. He was an early adopter to Stefan Diggs is the truth um, on our airwaves, and I've just I've just always liked him as a player. And I don't know. It's like some of that. I I have a tolerance for some of that stuff, like the. Like uh, Richard Sherman in a post game interview calling out Michael Crabtree like it's a WWE match or something like I like that kind of stuff. I don't know, but I I get why it's annoying. He did like lose the day against Jair Alexander, and that's frustrating as a fan to be like, but yeah, because he won the day. He set over a hundred in the touchdown, and it's like he 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 won the day even though he lost the day. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, and I don't know that that. That play really bothered me. Like that's a really the Milano tackle. But exactly how you prefaced your your uh, your Bills rant there about like the kind of those not the '90s years of you know getting the Super Bowl and just getting waxed by uh, by the Cowboys. Like those are my early Bills memories. Those are really my early football memories. It was like Don Beebe kind of hustling in a fruitless game where they lose. I believe it was fifty-two to seventeen. That's like the first football score I remember. <laughs> Um, wow. yeah. and so they just, they, I've always had, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the bills, but I, yeah. I don't disagree with you calling out those particular players and, and, and saying that's annoying. You're well within your rights, but I still, for some reason, I just have a high tolerance for, for that. Yeah. And the I fan base and the city, it's, it's, it's like, they're, it's kind of green Bay East ish in a way. I don't know. Yeah. Am I wrong there? I think- no, you're not. I th- and I think the wound is still fresh, probably. <laughs> and, and and we can all understand that. Um, 
I think I really took um, Glenn's uh, advice seriously and I entered Sunday with just no expectations and it really worked. That's the Glenn it really, on really Thank worked. You for I, the uh, therapy advice. Um, and I think being uh, more than 10 point underdog also helped <laughs> temper expectations. Um, but just seeing a couple decent plays and an offense that looked vaguely similar to the one we're used to seeing was, I don't know. And, and I didn't, I didn't leave there thinking like Milano pissed me off a handful of times. Um, but yeah, he's annoying. Yeah. He is. There's, there's no disputing that the team doesn't bother me though. I think they're still kind of fun. They're still lovable losers. I know they keep winning, but they haven't won yet. So maybe this is their year. It really does look like it. They're, they look they're very unstoppable. Good. I'm not taking away from how good they are. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I went into the game being like expecting to like them and I came away from it. The 49ers, uh, on the other hand, I know they're, they're nowhere near this conversation, but I doesn't matter. That's the team I hate the most. Yeah. In all. Oh, of I don't hate the Bills the Ooh, most. I hate the 49ers. <laughs> I hate them so much. More yeah. than the Bears, more than the Vikings. Yeah. Which is crazy, but. Also, can we just talk about the fact that this point spread was 10 and a half? And I, I want to say, like, probably under five times in my life, I bet against the Packers. And this was the one um, in, like, recent memory that I did. I will admit that. I Because I went in expecting them to... I was going to be okay with them losing by 14, by 21. And those sons of... You know what? Just freaking cover the spread. Like, was, what the hell I, was I, that, I, man? I did say ahead of time it. they'd lose by in our little group chat that they'd probably lose by 20 or more. But right before the game, I did a little teaser of the Bills and the under because oh. something still scared me about 10 and a half. So thankfully, I avoided that misery. Well, I guess I could save the rest for Degenerate Corner. But yeah. I didn't tease it, but I had multiple bets and then I was within, I think, a point and a half of all of them hitting and none of them did. Wow. So. Yeah. Uh, just finding yeah. new ways to cause yourself pain on a Sunday afternoon. No, we can't help ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Nick, yeah. You got a uh, note nug for us? Yeah. Um, I'll hit on, well, I'll, I'll go quick on two of them. Um, so I talked about it earlier, but the, I don't know what the difference was in the second half this time around. Um, I wish I knew enough about offensive line scheme to truly understand what gave him more time or why there wasn't as much pressure being generated. Um, we should probably turn to justice on that one, but it was just, it was, it was really refreshing to see a team be able to either a execute their offense a little bit more or b when something didn't go right, be able to do a scam, a scramble drill and allow guys to find their own way on the field. I, it was, it was just more fun. You get to see all these other teams, do it Sunday after Sunday. And it's, it's just always so <laughs> defeating when the backers are in anything uh, other than second down and manageable or, or your uh, initial first and 10. So that's one thing. Um, we'll have the smarter football minds maybe break that down for us. But secondly, and I, I tried to hope the statistics would corroborate my feelings on this. Um, and they did not, unfortunately. But it, it feels like, well, maybe in terms of like the bad penalties, I don't know if there's a stat that gives you like the 
the bad penalties, the ones that they miss, but um, it just it feels like this year they are the Packers are always on the wrong side of the bad ones. Yeah. So I had to look up the uh, the penalty stats this year, um, Packers versus opponents, and it's pretty much right down the middle. Yards were the Packers are giving up like seventy five. Yeah. But um, uh, first down penalties fifteen. Um, penalties overall. Packers are at 48 opponents are at 47. So it's like, it's pretty even. It just feels in the, in the moment. And there have been years where like, obviously like fail Mary and stuff like that. You're like, the Packers are just getting robbed over and over again. But then the last couple of years, I'm like, man, (laughs) it's been on the right side of a lot of those. Mm -hmm. This year is not one of those years, at least in just like the gut feeling, the gut feeling, uh, radar well i think yeah. that the um the officiating in this game was pretty bad i think it the was Tunian thing is so bad yeah yep, it was bad i think it was kind of equally bad on both sides but it was a lot of bad calls but to add to that point a note now coming in on twitter from the philosophical soldiers that this game has been what the season has been and he starts with no luck and penalties was a big part of that um as well as and, and i was texting with you guys during the game of course this is the game where they get a bunch of interceptions and and like the secondary is ball hawking and they're down by so much and it's a little bit fruitless that's like that goes to the luck as well um mm-hmm. for sure two re- terrible josh allen interceptions and yeah. one followed up with yeah. a rogers batted ball that just instantly turns the field right back around. i think it was me yeah. times uh saying that like 2018 Josh Allen showed up for the second half of this of this yeah. game. He kind of regressed a little bit. Well, and injuries are luck too, and yeah. that that is consistently gone against them. Um, which, yeah, uh, is is really unfortunate. I mean, Watson played in the game and then immediately left the game again, and that's another player who's like, yeah, one you can't really withstand anything else at that position. Two, he's kind of unique at that position on the team, so it's like losing a player that you can't actually even replace. Yeah. In terms of his skill set, which which sucks. So, um, yeah, uh, super super unlucky. Yeah, that's what? part that's part of the second half successes too. Is like um, the defense putting him in positions to get more opportunities, and the defense being tired, which could have factored into not getting as much pressure. Yeah, I don't know. could be a lot of things. To, to the officiating thing, like I, I mean, obviously the Tunyon thing stuck out. Like, there's a certain tolerance that you can have, where you can say, like, all right, like. You can live with certain penalties, even if they're the wrong call. And the res- the resulting touchdown of that play, like aside, I think like it's really, really difficult. Like there needs to be communication between like the officiating. Are they a union? I, I don't even know. Um, yes. But they yeah, are a union, and, yeah. And the league, because like I would venture to guess that like teaching tape that they show in tight end rooms shows exactly what Tunyon did. Yeah. And like if they're yeah. teaching tape and the referees rooms is saying like this is offensive pass interference, like somebody's got to talk to each other and be like, we got to either stop teaching this or we got to start officiating this differently because yeah. that's um, yeah, that that's a really particularly tough one to swallow. So, yeah, um, the yards and the actual plays may be even like on the statistics, but I wonder um, like situationally in the games, it do, does feel like the Packers are impacted pretty well this heavily this year yeah Yeah. one last uh note nug before we kick it to break coming in from our buddy queso says um i wanted to pick your brains on this guys um best game they have played all year 
Hashtag no nugs. I kind of think that's true. Uh, <laughs> it's weird, but it is kind of true. At least from the fans' perspective, it's the game I felt the best. Well, the the Bears game, probably the best. This, this might be a close second. The Bears game wasn't great either. Um, I felt okay after that one because I felt like the season was still like They let the Bears kind of back into that game, and that they was did. some typical kind of Packers division game infuriatingness. But I feel like this game, I don't know. I just what do you, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I guess there is something to that. So, like, what's the Packers' recipe to win if this offense is as stinky as we think it, as it as it has been? Like, it's we played almost half a season, so I guess we have to, we can stop guessing at some point. The offense is bad. So, what's your recipe? Run the ball really well with your two really good running backs. Yep, and create maybe create a turnover or two. Like damage limitation, give yourself extra at bats. Like they did all those things. So yeah, yeah in a way, like yeah. But is that enough for this roster script? to beat the best team in the NFL? Not, no, the not two. the best it's, team in the NFL. It's not. So, but that should be enough to beat all the teams they just lost to with yes. crappy quarterbacks. Yes. Like Josh Allen, there's nothing you could, yeah. There's nothing you could do with Josh Allen. He's inevitable. Yeah. He's likable. Everything else but <laughs> the side that I said, he's he is inevitable. He's a big massive being with a crazy arm that's just literally Fast. unstoppable yeah um i think i'd rather play mahomes than him like i honestly like because mahomes is not gonna like hurt my defenders there were so many times where the, the defense did everything right and Allen was just just shifty yeah and just ran yeah. and there was nothing you could do about it like if you play that way against zappy if you play that way against wilson like I, it's it's so it's so typical of them, you know, like, of course, like this is this is the game where you really show that. And so honestly, like to the point that Roger said, this might be what we need. Like, it's like a the attitude you carry with you is underdogs on the road against, a, you know, such a great team. Like it all kind of came true and yeah. yet they still lost. So I don't, I don't know. know. There are many universes where they lose this game by 25 or even 30 points. It's it's just. So I feel <laughs> I still yeah, feel weirdly I, positive. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And right. there's I, and and that's with like a still not complete offensive line. I mean, that's still with Zach Tom playing uh, all every single offensive snap, I believe. Like, no. you know, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, that's about as positive as you could be like. We're, we're doing really our hardest roster and we hung in there. We're doing like, our we're doing our damnedest yeah. listeners to to be positive <laughs> this week. Is where I think we're doing we, better uh, than other weeks. Seething oh, through okay. our teeth, but we're doing our best. We're yeah. gonna uh take a quick break, take a, a sip of something alcoholic, and then uh muster some positivity and, and come back to you. We'll be right back, guys. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, guys, we are back, and um, I don't know. Should we uh, go right into some go right into some poetry? I'm gonna hit the sound. Can't Do it. wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I said muster positivity. This one isn't. It's not negative. It's not really about football. When your job is just to spew some meaningless words, just spew the words, man. I got to hear the elaboration on this one. All right. So obviously the trade deadline has come and gone. um, And the Packers, of course, were in lots of conversations. They were, you know, in the mix. They were exploring all their options, all the things that they say every single year and um, and didn't come down with with any additional players to help this team. And and we can talk, we can go back and forth on what we think that means or if we have an opinion at all, if we think it's it's good or bad. But at the very least, Brian Gutekunst needs to get in front of a microphone and talk to the media about it because he kind of just left Matt LaFleur hanging as the head coach who does have weekly availability to go out there and answer a bunch of questions about a roster he doesn't control and eating up ha- it eats up half of his media availability time um you know reporters have to basically waste their time asking him questions that he can't answer because goot won't come out um in in front of a microphone and i say you know um spew meaningless words because most gms will come out and you know you will you're not going to say anything super substantive. I know I sent Alex and Nick, you guys, a, a video today of, I believe it was Brandon Bean from the Bills, um, spewing some substantive words, and that was interesting, but that's not the expectation. I know that Goot's just going to come out and just say they were in the mix and say things didn't work out and blah, 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 but just come out and do that and don't make your head coach do it. It just reminded me of when Mike McCarthy had to do that for Ted Thompson because Ted Thompson spoke to the media literally twice a year. And when we got Goot, he kind of made it clear that he was going to be more available and he has on balance been a lot more available than Ted Thompson. But this is one of those times where just come out and say your meaningless words. So your coach isn't hanging out on a limb there. I just felt like that was kind of a Bush league move. I don't know. Why do they have so much control over how much they actually speak? The general no manager, else. yeah, yeah, no one else does. Like no one else of high authority of, in the organization really does. Like Aaron Rodgers has to talk to the media a million times a week. Yeah. The floor has to do that. The coordinators have to do a certain amount of times per year. It's like it kind of it kind of runs that way across all professional leagues. Yeah, I I guess yeah. I mean, typically you don't want or need to hear from the GM as a, well, you think maybe you would uh, yeah. not, maybe not on a weekly basis, but during the draft and at the trade deadline, those are two pretty important times um, as it relates to the construction of your team, where your yeah. words could be valuable. 
Yeah, it's just it's just annoying that you've got like Tom Silverstein, a seasoned beat guy, seasoned journalist, and he's asking Matt Lafleur about the roster, and it's like he can't answer. Those, it's just a waste of everyone's time. It's a waste of Spoon's time. It's a waste of Matt LaFleur's time. It's a waste of our time. It's a waste of the precious, actually, little media availability minutes that we get. It's annoying. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Um, although we all probably entered into this week knowing not a damn thing was going to happen. Yep. Yep. Do we feel a they certain did, kind of did, way about they... that or no? Well... i mean we we they they were in a they were in a a a losing position really with the cap space issues and it looked like they did go after claypool at least as much as they could zach you were talking about that um in our text thread earlier today although now i'm doubting it um, having heard what Brandon Bean had to say about the way this stuff gets reported out is like, were they, did they actually offer that? Or is that just someone assumed that because of X, Y, Z? And that would be something that, oh, I don't know. Brian Gutekunst could tell us. Yeah. I just leak it because you want to, or whatever, whatever the motive is. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Who wants to read poetry? Zoom has informed me. We have 10 minutes left on this call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Short and sweet. Today we uh, I uh, lost the login for the corporate account. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sorry. We can be uh, we can be more efficient with our words. That's what haikus are for, anyway. Right? Haikus are for Nick. Do you uh, do you want to read some poetry? Yes, please. (laughs) This one, you know, borders on positive. Me finding solace in a bad team's mere bright spot. All of Aaron Jones. We might need a Greg Olson sounder for that because it got a little sexual too. Yeah. But I said, but But all of Aaron Jones means everything that he brings to the offense. (laughs) Every last bit of them. Every last bit of them. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, you, you brought it up earlier and I looked and while we were on the zoom, I looked back at that bears game and because I remembered he had a big game in that one too. He had 132 rushing yards in that one. He had a hundred and what? 40 something in this game. They just relied on what they know is a fixture in the offense. And it was really, really nice to see just keep feeding Aaron Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a broken I mean, record on that on on that front, but it does seem like against a team that isn't the best in the NFL, that could be a recipe to maybe win some games. Yeah. Well, you know, Fleur came out at halftime and said, like, we have to play like it's 0-0. He kind of coached like it. But then again, I guess how much of how many rushing attempts they had in the second half was exact like his call as opposed to like what the bills were basically just allowing the Packers based on the look at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But like, I mean, they literally just stuck in the game by just continuing to run the, by doing what we thought they might do in every other game Yeah, when they went, like when they got out to an early lead. So, um, it was kind of, kind of funny. He's, but, he's I mean, averaging almost six yards per carry. It's insane. In the game, he averaged, I think over seven. 
Yeah. He had 140. I think he only had 20 carries even or something like that. It's just ridiculous. And he's the best wide, best wide receiver on the field most of the time. Yeah. No, he actually is. I mean, with, with the core they have now, I mean, he's the ultimate weapon. It, it's insane. Like, because it, it just doesn't feel like it. Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like we go into a game with like a McCaffrey type, Kamara type guy. I don't know if he's like feared the way I feel like maybe just like by reputation, those guys are feared, but he's definitely every he's bit of that. The, he's in that conversation. He's definitely yeah. in that he's, mix. Football yeah. Outsiders tweeted today, um, top running backs by DVOA um, uh, on rushing plays only after eight weeks, Aaron Rodgers or um, Aaron Jones, rather uh, leading that list. Uh, 32.5%. Second place is Nick Chubb, 28.9. So, uh, leading by a decent margin after yeah, yeah. games in terms of every time the ball's in his hands, you think like you can see it's like dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's, he's having a remarkable season, really, given the circumstances. Yeah. And how, ha- and what's funny about it is there's such threat in the air. How do defenses get torn up by him on the ground? It's actually kind of crazy. Like, I would be going mad if I was a defense playing the Packers. Um, and it's not because they're, like, behind, really, because they don't really run the ball when they're behind, save for this game, I feel like. But, well, yeah, anyway. maybe that should change because it's one of the few things they can do effectively. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no. Every last bit of Aaron Jones. Yeah. Every, all of them. <laughs> Each and every inch of them. All right. <laughs> Alex, you got a poem for us. Yes, I do. Is it that, that was on that was unintentionally sexual. <laughs> Maybe mine is too. We got the massage oils out. Yeah. Youngsters making plays, and not because of prevent. All hands and all feel. What? Sexual too. Um, Vaguely just, sexual. Nice work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about. Uh, Touré's touchdown. We I can't believe we made it all, this, yeah. this far into the podcast without talking about that Dobbs catch, catch when it happened live time. I was like, holy crap, that's like an Odell level like catch. Like, I mean, he's got the defender's arm in between, like basically like locked in between his own where he it's just, highlight. Like, It'll be on the highlight reel yeah. at the end of the Packers season. Yeah. Um, he's that turned, was, I think that he was, turned around twice to like to locate the ball. Yeah. It was remarkable. That was incredible. And I just wanted like the reason I said the haiku the way, you know, I did is because I don't want it to be discredited because one, the Dobbs thing happened very early in the game. So you can't really discredit that. Right. Like that's just a physical. That's just an ability thing. Um, but the Torre thing, like you can't even chalk it up to prevent. Like it's it's as simple as what you said before, Zach. It's just a feel. Yeah, like, it's a feel that some people have and some people don't. And it's not that the bills weren't like really like playing there it's is it's when a, a play breaks down you either like have that instinct or you don't and it's really cool to see a player with such little experience have that um so you really cannot take anything away from them um and i think that that's really good and we've talked ad nauseum i feel like on this show about you know a year from now we may feel totally different about trotting these same exact names out so I'm remaining positive. Maybe Rogers will be here for it. Maybe he won't. But like at some point, one, maybe two of these guys are going to hit. Yeah. And that will be that will be cool. You yeah. know, um, it'll be cool to maybe welcome the next guy into the fold with those types of weapons. So yeah. um, I'm into that. I'm here for that. Those were two really explosive, like 
seeming they weren't even that long, but they felt so explosive because there's such little like uh chunk plays on this Packers team. I yeah. think the Toure touchdown was the longest play of the season for them. Um, or the longest score of the season, at least. Definitely uh, the longest score. Which is which is cool. So good stuff on their part. They deserve their praise. The Zoom overlords they, say we have uh two minutes left. Do we want to do a quick pit stop on degenerate corner? <laughs> Yeah, so let me <laughs> let me uh, complain about last week a little bit more. Um, the the point bands, which I discovered, I needed the Bills to score over thirty. Like really, like um, yeah. and it, like that. I lost. That's on what that, you get. I, That's what you get. I lost. That's what you get on a half a point. Like I'm never gonna like hype up a Packer opponent again. I don't think. I think that window is now closed. It's like going back the other way. Um, all right, Packers are four point favorites against the Lions. As it stands right now on DraftKings, Lions are bad, but some some people think maybe they're not so bad. Uh, I don't know. Do you got anything? What are you What are you thinking right away? Anything? Nikki? I always I always get in trouble um, with following a good performance with another good performance. Yeah. But how can the Packers look at themselves and say we're not going to give Aaron Jones the same opportunity last week or yeah. this week as we did last week? Um, so lions are historically bad defense in a year where there's like historic <laughs> near historic, like bad offense happening. So they're right. really bad. The Packers got to be able to <laughs> score. Aaron Jones has to be able to move the ball. So the over yeah. under, which in a Packers game, it's, it's, um, it's scratching fifties at 49 and a half, which is, it seems crazy high, but. I would think about it. I is there, would think there about are, it too. Do we have player props yet on DraftKings? Uh, we don't have player yeah, props. Yeah, I don't on see them anywhere. Um, that's why I am going to keep it simple and I'm going to just take the Packers team over because everyone scores in the Lions. Yep. Even we will. Even 26 and a half will. points. 26 and a half points. Team over. This will be our game to fill up the score sheet a little bit. Dobbs that's is going to pirouette all over them. Torrey is going to get in there, scramble drill. Bang, bang, boom. Aaron Jones, every inch of Aaron Jones, every, <laughs> every muscle fiber of AJ Dillon. I'm going to take Packers minus three first half. <laughs> I'm going to hit the polka because our Zoom just ended. We have a corporate account that gives us longer Zoom meetings, but it's just your computer craps out. And uh, forgets your login information. And the one time everyone on the APC Slack is blowing each other up all day, every day. And the one four minute chunk where I need vital information, no one is available. Shout out to uh, my buddy Chris Burke at APC who did give me the login credentials. Um, but we were halfway through this podcast already. So Alex says bye. <laughs> Nick says bye. Um, feeling okay about that game, weirdly, and um, feeling fine with the way the trade deadline went, feeling a little annoyed at Goot for not talking, and uh, feeling hopeful that the Packers can get a W and hang a bunch of points on a borderline moribund Detroit Lions team. They're pretty stinky, guys. They gotta win. That's all. That's all we got. Go Pack Go.
gotta beat the Lions. Come on. Just talking to myself over here. Just a man drinking wine, listening to polka, talking about the Packers. Later, guys.